0: Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, and whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. Hello and welcome. Today I wanted to talk about the subject of Gay Pride Month, which uh, began June 1st. It's the month of June, it's Gay Pride Month. And I specifically wanted to talk about The issue of how Catholics should deal with Gay Pride Month and how different Catholics have dealt with it and what is our proper response. And specifically, as I was thinking about this, you know, we often say we want to, we love the sinner, hate the sin. But how does that practically work out? How does that work out for Catholics? How do we love the sinner and hate the sin? So that's what I wanted to talk about today. I did want to give one warning. It's possible that this, uh, this broadcast, this, this uh, topic is not necessary for young children. So I wouldn't necessarily, if you have young children who are listening, you might not want to listen to it right now. You might not want to watch this right now. So I, just a warning before I go on. So like I said, June is Gay Pride Month. And of course, pride is the rallying cry of the gay rights movement. It's also the, the kind of the rallying cry of a lot of identity groups. You might have, uh, you know, women's pride or black pride or uh, whatever the case may be. And as a Catholic, that, initially that should give you pause if you hear somebody advocating for pride. Because, of course, we know there's seven deadly sins. Pride is one of them. And in fact, not only is it one of them, it's the greatest of the seven deadly sins. You know, many spiritual masters have noted that pride is actually the cause of most of our other sins, because what happens is we begin to feel like we are like God, because essentially what pride is, it's basically saying that you are greater than you are, and often what it is is It's you're saying you replace God in deciding what is right and wrong and what you should do. And so we should never really uh, promote pride in any case. In fact, we should promote the opposite virtue, which is humility. And so that first and foremost is something we should, as a Catholic, you should instinctively be, have your radar up whenever somebody talks about pride and how important it is to be proud. I know that there's cases where you can be proud of something, maybe be proud of being an American, and taken in the right context, that's okay. But really, you shouldn't celebrate pride in and of itself as something that's good and virtuous, because it's literally the exact opposite of that. And of course, you wouldn't want to celebrate, have pride in something that is an objectively disordered action, is a sin. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But for Gay Pride Month, of course, because it's, when I'm talking about Catholics, I'm talking about uh, those with same-sex attraction, LGBT, and all that, you know, of course, I have to bring up Father James Martin. And so, of course, for, he has to troll all faithful Catholics on Twitter, and he did it again for this. He, he wrote, Catholics need not be wary of June's Pride Month. It's a way for LGBT people to be proud that they are beloved children of God, they have families who love them as they are, and they have a right to be treated with, quote, respect, compassion, and sensitivity, unquote, after years of persecution. And that quote is from uh, the respect, compassion, sensitivity is from the catechism. He also notes, not every pride month will be to everyone's taste. But the underlying point LGBT people should be proud of who they are after centuries of persecution and violence is important. If you have LGBT friends, tell them you love them. If you have none, ask yourself why. Deep thoughts. By Father James Martin. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to make this a whole. I already have another, uh, another episode talking about Father James Martin. So I'm not going to make this about him. But I just want to put that out there as an example of how Catholics should not deal with Gay Pride Month. Is look to Father James Martin and do the opposite is what you should do. But Bishop Thomas Tobin actually had a tweet, and I, you know, this is funny because this this Twitter account of of Bishop Tobin. I, I still suspect it might not actually be him because it's just too good at times. It's not something you'd expect a bishop to say or do, and yet he does. He wrote, Catholics should be very wary of events in June LGBTQ month. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't even, like me, you just throw out a bunch of uh, uh, letters there, acronyms, and hope that they all stick. Anyway, he says, we should be wary of events in June LGBTQ month. It's not a fun-filled, family-friendly celebration of respect. It promotes a lifestyle and agenda that, in the extreme, is morally offensive. And those are strong words, very strong words from Bishop Tobin. But really, I think he's the one who's right here. That really, the promotion of Gay Pride Month is the promotion of a lifestyle and agenda that, in the extreme, is morally offensive. That's exactly what it is. And to act like it's something different is, is a real problem. See, what's happened is a lot of times Catholics... We talk about just the fact that, um, you know, we say love the sinner, hate the sin, which is a very true statement. I think we should recognize that is the true statement. In fact, that really is essentially what the Catechism says. It says love the sinner, hate the sin, not in those words. What it does is in the Catechism um, 2357, that paragraph, basically, it first talks about homosexuality, and it starts with kind of what you call hate the sin, Because it talks about the actions of homosexual actions and how they are uh, acts of grave depravity, that scripture says this, and that tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They are contrary to the natural law. So it's starting off first by just talking about specifically the acts, homosexual acts, that at no time has the church ever approved these as morally okay, that scripture is very clear that homosexual acts are wrong. Then the next paragraph, 2358, now we move on to Love the Sinner, because it says, it mentions the number of men and women who have deep-seated homosexual tendencies is not negligible. This inclination, which is objectively disordered, constitutes for most of them a trial. It says, they must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination in their regard must be avoided. These persons are called to fulfill God's will in their lives, and if they are Christians, to unite to the sacrifice of the Lord's cross the difficulties they may encounter from their condition. So, being very clear what Father James Martin loves to mention, the respect, um, compassion, sensitivity that we're supposed to treat homosexual persons with. So, really, it's a true statement to say, we love the sinner, hate the sin. I think what the problem has happened, though, is the fact that somebody like Father James Martin He emphasizes the love the sinner to the point of ignoring the sin, and in doing so, he's not actually loving the sinner. I think that's where the real problem comes in, is that we ignore the the sin, and and we act like that's loving the sinner. But it's really not, because whenever somebody's doing something that is potentially harmful to them, it's never loving to just act like nothing's happening. So, for example, if somebody's an alcoholic and you love them, you don't take them to a bar. Because you know that would be something uh, very destructive for them. It might be fine for you to go to a bar. You have no problems there. But somebody else could have a a real serious issue there because they're an alcoholic or whatever the case may be. Likewise, if they're doing any type of um, action that is destructive to them, you want to try to stop them. Now, everybody has free will. So it's not like you can make people do things they don't want to do. But you can always, you can encourage them, you can uh, not support their, the actions that are harmful tor- towards them, things of that nature. I know a lot of times in, when I was doing evangelization work, I a lot of times had parents who would come to me who had children who were living a lifestyle they didn't, they didn't approve of. So for example, maybe they were um, uh, living with their girlfriend or with their boyfriend or something, whatever the case may be. And they would ask, like, do I have to let them stay with me over the holidays you know, they're going to be staying in the same bed if they're not married. I don't approve of that. And I just say, of course you don't have to let them do that. It's not like they're required to stay in your bedroom. It's your house. It's your rules. You can say, no, you don't have, you're not allowed to uh, stay here with your girlfriend because I don't approve of what you're doing. And that's fine because that's your, your house, your right to do that. Now you can't force the, your son, for example, to break up with his girlfriend, and not live with his girlfriend, If he's an adult, it's his free decision to do with what he wills, but you don't have to support it. In that case, what you're doing is you're loving the sinner, so to speak, and you're hating the sin. You're not supporting it in any way. You're not doing anything that supports that sin. And so what we need to do, though, is, yes, we need to love the sinner, and I think that's important to remember. But I do think we have to stop forgetting that we need to hate the sin as well. And that's a strong language to say we hate the sin because we don't like the word hate. In fact, a lot of times, you know, we talk about, hey, he's a hater or whatever the case may be. And that's like the ultimate insult to call somebody a hater. But the fact is, is that we are called to hate the sin. God himself hates sin. That's something, you know, God is love, scripture says, but he does hate sin. Why does he hate sin? Because God is love. If you are love, you hate sin. You hate all sin. Because the reason you hate sin is because of the fact that sin is destructive. Every sin is destructive. If I lie to my wife about something I'm doing or whatever the case may be, that is destructive to me, it's destructive to our relationship. And so anytime you commit a sin, what you're doing is very unloving to yourself. That's why to be truly loving, you do hate the sin. So let's take this specifically to the case that we're talking about, which is uh, same-sex attraction, homosexual acts, acts of that nature. Well, homosexual acts are destructive. Now, here's what I said at the beginning You know, if you have young children, you might not want to have them listening to this, watching this, whatever. Because I want to be a little bit blunt here. I'm not going to be over the top about it. But the fact is, is that homosexual acts, especially male homosexual acts, are not uh, physically, they are physically very harmful for the person. Uh, There's a um, man who lived a homosexual lifestyle, no longer does. His name is Joseph Scambra. And he's on Facebook. You can find him. I can't remember how to spell his name. It's like S-C-I-A-M-B-R-A, I think. And he talks very bluntly about his lifestyle and how harmful it was, how destructive it is physically to him. It was destructive to him physically. And I know a number of other men as well who have gotten out of the homosexual lifestyle. And they admit, very frankly, that the lifestyle stuff is very destructive. It's physically very harmful for your body to do. It's harmful for both parties in homosexual acts for them to be doing. And so you don't want your, somebody you love to be doing something harmful to their body. If they're taking drugs, for example, that's harmful for their body. If they're thinking about jumping off the roof of a house, you don't want them to do that if you love them because it's harmful for their bodies. Likewise, homosexual acts are harmful for the body. Also, it, emotionally and spiritually, it can be, it's very destructive. Uh, many people have come out of homosexual lifestyles and no longer are in that lifestyle. They also talk about how it's emotionally very destructive. Now, I know a lot of people would say that's because of the fact that society doesn't accept them. I think, first of all, I don't know if that's really true anymore because it seems like society does accept uh, homosexuals now very much so. I mean, even the Cincinnati Reds, you know, Cincinnati a very conservative town. The Cincinnati Reds, they have a pride night this week for, at a Reds game. So if even Cincinnati, you know, they always say Cincinnati is like 20 years behind everybody else. We get everything 20 years behind everybody else. Uh, well, that's probably the case here as well. So if Cincinnati is even having a pride night for the Reds, then I think it's become very accepted. But studies have actually shown that it's not society's uh, acceptance or unacceptance that causes this emotional toll. It's the fact that the person is going against what, uh, basically natural law, what we are made for. Now, real quick, let me take a real quick um, timeout, kind of a back, uh, take, take a step back and make sure it's very clear. What I, I want to make sure something's very clear. I am not saying... Uh, There's there's always been the debate about whether or not somebody chooses to be homosexual or they're born with it or whatever the case may be. I would say it's neither of the above, none of the above. Somebody doesn't choose to be homosexual like they choose what ice cream they're going to eat tonight. It's not something they choose in life. I would also say, however, it's not something you're born with in the sense that somebody is just born homosexual or they're born, born heterosexual or bisexual or Transgender, whatever the case may be, I think there 's a lot of factors I think when you 're born you are born with certain personality traits you 're born with certain desires certain uh, weaknesses towards certain things, like one person might be just their personality type might be very impatient where another person could be born very patient and so you 're born in that sense, but I also think that a lot has to be done has to do with how uh, your upbringing your, the soci- sociology of of who is um, how you're raised, uh, you know a lot. I've, I've read a study not too long ago that very clearly stated that many men who have same sex attraction, they had issues growing up with a father figure. They had issues bonding with males, and so that time when they're about eight to ten years old, when it's natural for boys to want to hang out with other boys, they don't really want to be with girls. They have the cooties. They learn what it's like to be a male, to be a man, and so when that is disrupted. They don't see that, and it becomes sexualized when they become older. And so therefore, they start having same-sex attraction. So obviously, the, the boy doesn't choose that in the sense that, oh, just, I think I'm going to be gay today. No, so I think that would be wrong to, to act like they choose it, um, but also be wrong to just say it's simply a, something you're born with that is simply like God made you that way. I think that's also an error. So okay, going back, though. So basically, the point here is, is that homosexual acts are very destructive emotionally spiritually physically psychologically and therefore we really do need to hate those acts because we do that because we love the person who might be acting upon them who might be committing them. And so Father Martin when he talks about loving the sinner which he emphasizes greatly he's not really loving the sinner if he's ignoring the sin which he does. He ignores the sin so therefore he's not really excuse me he's not really loving the sinner. Anybody who doesn't who ignores harm somebody's doing to themselves, does not truly love them. Because love isn't just a feeling, isn't just some feeling that you feel good about somebody. Love is always choosing the best for the other. It is wanting what is best for the other. That's what true love is. In marriage, for example, you're not married to somebody, you don't love them, and simply you're there because it makes you feel good. Like, okay, I feel good in this relationship, so I'm gonna stay in it. Yeah, you might feel great in it, hopefully you do. But even if you don't, love, when you love your spouse, what you're, what you're wanting is, you're wanting what's best for them. That's what love truly is. And so when Father um, Martin says, you know, what did he say about like, oh, not every Pride Month event might, will be to everyone's taste. I mean, that's an offensive statement because if you've ever seen some of these Pride events, they're not just, they're not just not for your taste, but they're offensive. They might, they have young children, young boys who are dressed up and sexualized at these events, you have literally naked people walking down the street in front of children. That's not just against my taste. That's morally offensive, and it's destructive to the people who are there. And so just to act like it's different taste is really minimizing a lot of what's going on at these events. I mean, if you've ever seen actual pictures and videos of these events that aren't, that haven't been basically um, made to look... Uh, like the media basically whitewashes it, whitewashed. Then you know what they're really like. They can be very, they're very offensive morally, and they can really destroy souls and bodies um, during them. And so, and that's actually another point is it does seem that there is a fascination. And again, you you talked to a lot of men who have gotten out of the homosexual lifestyle. There's a fascination with the fact that often. These men um, are fascinated with young people. They're fascinated with young boys. Um, maybe not pedophilia, because pedophilia is like the youngest, you know, under 12, something like that. But I mean like teenage boys. That's a very common thing that they sexualize teenage boys. And so if we just ignore that and act like that doesn't happen because we can't talk about that in sensitive t- insensitive, um, conversation, then what we do is we end up ignoring it and we whitewash it. And that goes towards making it acceptable and making it okay and acting like nothing's wrong with the homosexual acts. And so that's something we want to avoid. And so, therefore, as Catholics, what I'd say is for Gay Pride Month, what we really need to do is we need to emphasize that we love the sinner, but we cannot de-emphasize how much we hate the sin. And we hate the sin because it's destructive, because we love the person. Again, they're related. We love the sinner, and because of that, we hate the sin. We hate the sin because we love the sinner. And so that's what we have to do. And the, and the truth is, it's the case with all sin. It's not just, you know, um, this is the sin that's being pushed the most and promoted as, as good and all that. But it's all sin. Sins I commit, sins you commit, sins we all commit. We have to do that. Another thing is, I think it's a little bit, I don't know what it, what it means, but the fact is for Catholics, June is actually the month of the Sacred Heart. Uh, it's, a, it's a month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And one of the key aspects of the Sacred Heart of Jesus is humility, the idea of Jesus being so humble that he takes on a human heart, that he takes on human nature so that he can save us from our sins because he loves us so much and he hates our sins so much. He took on, he humbled himself to take on the form of a man. And I think there's something to be said for the fact that June is the Sacred Heart, of month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and June is also Gay Pride Month. Because I think the way that we combat Gay Pride Month the best is through humility. That we call people to humility in the Sacred Heart. We call humility for ourselves, we call it for humility of others. All those to have humility to recognize that we're all sinners, every single one of us. And that it's only as sinners that we're urging other sinners not to sin. That's true humility. And we're urging them to go to the sacred heart of Jesus and to love him. And that will free them and free all of us from our sins so that we can truly be loving people and one day be with our Lord in heaven. Now, real quick, before I finish, I just want to give a couple resources. I already mentioned Joseph Scambra, who is on Facebook. Uh, He has a website as well. Like I said, I believe his Last name is so S-C-I-A-M-B-R-A. I, if I'm wrong, I'll put it in the comments later. Uh, he's, he's just great at talking about this. Obviously, the group Courage is a great um, group because what they do is they encourage they cur- had, for uh, men and women with same-sex attraction to have a, a, live a chaste lifestyle, to, to live a chaste lifestyle because then that's the way they're going to find freedom. And I've met a number of men and women in this group who are just so much at peace. And honestly... It's my opinion that they're the saints of today. Uh, I, I know a couple of men particularly well who are encouraged, and they lived a homosexual lifestyle for years, and then they left it, and they found such peace and joy in Christ. And it's just a, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see them and to meet them because they're so humble. I mean, that's literally, that's the, that's the virtue you see first and foremost is how humble they are. And so it's the contrast to Gay Pride Month is these men and women who are so such saints. And if you want to see some of these saints yourself, I encourage you to watch the video Desire of the Everlasting Hills. You can find it online. It's free. You can, you can watch the whole video online. Desire of the Everlasting Hills. It's uh, the story of three, uh, two men and one woman, three people who had same-sex attraction, lived a homosexual lifestyle for years, and then they got out of it, and they talk about the destruction of their life before and the joy and peace of their life now. So I encourage you to watch that. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, But let's all pray. Let's all pray for all of us sinners that we might love the sinners, other sinners as well as ourselves, but we hate the sin in others, but we also hate the sin in ourselves. Okay, well, that's it for now. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream.